welcome to Her Own Universe podcast. I'm excited for you to listen to the newest episode today featuring an interview with Leah Longville from Polished Prints, an eco-friendly screen-printed apparel line for women and children that I've carried at A Lovely Universe for almost two years now. Leah is a mom of two little ones and a talented graphic designer, growing her beautiful business from her home state of Illinois. The line has become a total customer favorite, pretty much right out of the gate. Whether it's the intention behind the high quality, outrageously comfortable t-shirts that women across the country love to live their lives in, or the impactful, positive messaging on the t-shirts themselves, Polish Prince is not only a favorite vendor of mine as a retailer, but it also serves as a tremendous inspiration as a fellow female business owner. I loved chatting with Leah, learning more about her growing brand, her thoughts on being a creative working mother, and how she incorporates social responsibility into her work. After you listen to this week's episode, feel free to head over to Leah's shop Instagram. It's at Polished Prints to shop her collection, or you can head to alovelyuniverse.com to shop our favorites that are debuting today on the site. Okay, so without further ado, here is the third episode of Her Own Universe podcast with Leah Longville of Polished Prints. Um, so I'm Leah Longville, and I'm the owner and creative behind Polish Prints. I'm also a mom. I have two little ones. My oldest is three and a half, and my youngest will be eight months tomorrow. So yeah, so they've kind of been along for this wild ride. Polish Prints will be three years old in March. So oh my we, gosh. Yeah, doing it for a little while. You know, it kind of started by accident. I was working in the nonprofit industry and then doing freelance graphic design on the side. And when I had my daughter, I realized I just needed a little bit more of a flexible schedule and I just wasn't feeling as passionate about my day-to-day work. So I started doing freelance full-time and then realized that you know, while I was creating these amazing brands for other businesses, I didn't really have anything creatively that was just mine, like a good outlet. So, you know, at the same time, while I had my daughter, I think she was about, I don't know, probably about eight or nine months at this time, you know, I was searching for different graphic onesies and tees for her. And I felt like I saw a lot of cute stuff, but nothing that just deeply resonated with me. So I whipped out my, you know, Cricket and some transfer vinyl and started doing that on our bedroom floor and then quickly graduated to printing and started an Etsy shop and it just kind of took off from there. But really, I mean, in the beginning, Polish Prince was a was a creative outlet. And today we now have like our own little warehouse space where we do all our fulfillment. We sell on our website and then we also sell to a ton of retailers like you guys. Yeah. That's so it's so been cool. a venture. And that's amazing yeah. that all that happened in three years too. I know you just released a new collection today, is it? It, yeah. was, it yeah. looks so good. I saw it last night and I was like, I want everything that you posted pictures of. And that makes so much sense that you're a graphic designer first. It shows. What kind of graphic design did you do before you took the leap into polished prints? Was It was for corporate companies and, and things like that? Yeah. So it was not like the super sexy graphic design. Like I, and I still do some on the side. Um, a lot of it is like for state organizations or medical professionals or financial advisors. It's so far removed for what I, from what I do with polished prints, which is kind of funny. But a lot of it's like, PowerPoint presentations or training manuals, things like that. And really, you know, those are just kind of what came to me when I was wanting to go 
out on my own. And so I really wasn't turning anything down. And then I kind of just got a knack for it and started doing those. But it's definitely been a good balance between like that and then all of the creative energy that goes into things with polished prints. So yeah. it's a nice little yeah, balance there. It's pretty much you and a very small team that runs everything at Polish Prince. Is that right? Yeah. So there's two of us, or sorry, three of us. So it's myself. And then we have two part-time gals, Haley and Katie. And they do everything from like fulfillment to some customer service stuff to just basically like keeping the warehouse in check and things moving forward. I love being able to know your story and then translating that to the shoppers and have them come in anytime they know that there's a new design that's in the shop and they kind of collect your your t-shirts and and then their babies wear your onesies and then we have their tote bags it's like this whole well-rounded collection you know you're a mom from Illinois that's doing this and making this all happen and growing it from scratch and I know that a lot of customers will pull up your Instagram right at the checkout desk just because they want to know more about you and I think a lot of that is the creativity behind your designs and then also the social awareness factor of your designs that you're taking t-shirts and you're turning it into something more and that is I think the way of the future of most small brands and, and big brands was that something that you concentrated on from day one or is that just part of who you are and it came out in your business yeah I mean I think it's just part of who I am and I feel like especially right now there's so many social issues that are just so important for us to care about and to talk about and to have those conversations you know when you wear a t-shirt everybody's seeing whatever it says and they're gonna associate that with you mm-hmm. so I felt like the more I created designs that resonated with me and empowered me like it seemed like the more that other people felt connected to that and I mean I've always like my entire life felt really passionate about a number of social issues that sometimes it can be hard to kind of pin down like where my passion lies you know Um, but my mom was a social worker so I feel like that played a huge role in it like she always really emphasized the importance of loving your neighbor and making sure that you're advocating for those around you who may not have the same opportunities to speak up as you yeah so I feel like I've woven that mentality into everything I do and it's been a really important thing for me to also you know raise my kids to think that way and to go into the future on those same beliefs Absolutely. I feel the same way too. And it's this weird divide, especially right now I'm seeing it where you want to express your opinion or your morals behind your business. Because when you're a small business or a designer, so much of it is who you are and you don't want to isolate customers, but then you also don't want to remain silent and it's hard. So even like with your product design, you're, you're making a stance and and taking control over that. And I think that in the long run, that's going to be much more important than anything else and I, I don't know so it's it's very it's of the moment kind of topic because even I'm just looking on Instagram comments and stuff and wondering what should I say what should I not say and there's such a dance totally I think you're you totally hit the nail on the head there as it's something that we're all navigating especially as small brands and I think it can be a little scary to a certain degree because you want to make sure that like you know when you are taking a stance on topics and you know you're pushing your beliefs out there that you truly know are for the betterment of everybody else, you know, you have to be really calculated in how you say it and the words that you use and the tone that you have, because I think if there's anything that we've all learned this year, it's that 
you know, we all can perceive things a little differently. And so I think it's just so important to be able to recognize that as you're speaking up and like be conscious of other people's situations and how they may interpret that. And I think that makes it super hard because, you know, you don't want, you don't want to alienate anybody and you don't want to make people feel bad for believing what they believe. But it's also so important to like use your platform for good for what you believe is the best thing that you can be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're doing a really good job with it too. And I just, I love the posts that you post. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, like my business, your business, there are places where people want to go and just feel good and feel good in what they're wearing or just click onto a happy account. But yeah, it's, it's also comes with a cost of you are still a woman behind the brand and you have your thoughts and your customers most likely have those thoughts too. So it's, yeah, we're, we're in this whole new world, but I'm, it's a good one, I think. Yeah. For sure. um, um, but aside from, some of the more like social and community-based issues, you definitely have a specific perspective on your quality too of t-shirts compared to other maybe more fast fashion type brands. And you use really great inks and you work with local printing companies too. Tell me a little more about that. Thank you so much for saying that because it's definitely been, I mean, a long road. It's like- Yeah, it's definitely been challenging because the thing is, is like we don't manufacture our shirts. And I think a lot of brands, like our quote unquote competitors do, you know, a lot of them manufacture in smaller batches or they just manufacture in general, whether it's overseas or in the United States. And so they're, you know, they have access to more color palettes and they have access to like different fits and styles. So I think over the course of the past two years, I have probably ordered like 300 different shirts trying to like get the right thing because I personally am not built like a lot of women. Like I'm six feet tall. I have really broad shoulders. It's not easy for me to always find t-shirts. In fact, I rarely ever ordered t-shirts unless I could try them on in store before I started making it myself because I was always afraid they were going to be too short or too boxy. And like, I just wouldn't be able to fit into them and feel comfortable or have like really high cap sleeves or, you know, these little things that we as women just, it's, just not conducive to most of our body types. So I um, went with the unisex style because it seemed to just be more fitting for everybody. It seemed to be more flexible and people understood the sizing a little more. And then over time, you know, we've really owned in on three different manufacturers that we work with. Um, But all three of them, you know, are either USA made or fair trade, all of our natural t-shirts and all of our kids tees um, and some of the other colors of our adult tees come from a company that's, you know, USA made. And if they're not USA made, like I said, they're fair trade. So we've really, really tried to get the best quality shirts we can at a price that's still affordable and is still realistic for our customer base, because so many of our customers are moms and, you know, we don't want to put the expectation out there that they should be spending, you know, a ton of money on a t-shirt. And so you know, we want to make it approachable and affordable while also creating a product that makes them feel good to wear. Um, so with the printing, I think that that's like such a unique aspect of our brand. And that really, you know, as I mentioned before, I started printing them on the floor of our guest bedroom. And that's kind of how it started. And then it was like, I was printing them shirt by shirt, and it just wasn't conducive and the quality wasn't going to be consistent. And so I um, ended up getting connected with a local print shop an eco-friendly print shop. They do all of it. They live on an eco farm and they print everything using um, eco-friendly water-based inks. And so, you know, they're super talented. They've 
given a lot to our business in terms of basically allowing us to create the products we do and working with us to ensure that like we're creating products quickly and like printing quickly and that the quality is consistent. And, you know, moving forward, we've looked at a lot of different things for changing up our product. And we've looked at different ways to make it more, I mean, I guess just like consistent, like we have looked at manufacturing our own teas, like we, like I had mentioned, a lot of companies do before. But again, like it's moving in those directions and kind of evaluating all of those opportunities. We still want to make sure that our core beliefs are at the center of that, where if they, we do go to that point, everything is still done sustainably and it's still done in a way that is enhancing the community in which these products are produced and people are being paid fair wages. So that in itself has just been a big process that we hope to like move forward in in the future to create shirts that are a little bit of a better, you know, a different fit. It's all been a huge work in progress and definitely takes a village because there's a lot of people who have like contributed to getting to that place. And we ask our customers a lot, like, what do you like about our shirts? What don't you like? And we've asked a number of retailers too, like, okay, when people buy our shirts in your stores, what do they like? What is it that they complain about? Like what, like give us insight because we just want to make sure that, you know, while we don't necessarily necessarily believe that the perfect tea exists because as women, we are all just like, what's so beautiful about our bodies is they're also different that there's not going to be one garment that fits everybody. But I mean, we hope to get to a place one day where we can kind of come close to that. I think that all of the thought that you're putting into what you're putting out there is really working. I don't want to forget to mention that a lot of vendors or designers that retailers work with, especially myself, they're not as available sometimes. I always enjoy the experience of placing an order with you and looking at what you have and and chatting with you and just following along your story because it just makes me happy to sell your product that way because I feel like I know it's a positive experience all around. And that's unusual sometimes because, you know, the industry is filled with all types of people. And But I always enjoyed just the experience of placing orders with you and selling your item. That is like the best feedback ever. Because we know how other people do it. I'm just like, okay, well, you know, it's like, we're such a small operation. It is so deeply personal to us. Like to the point where sometimes I'm like, okay, maybe I need to like separate myself a little bit. (laughs) Definitely. That's like a whole different thing, but I do feel like it is such an extension of who we are. We want to make sure that everybody has a good experience. You know, I mean, Just like any brand, we get our fair share of returns or exchanges and things like that. And it's always just so important to like be there and hear people out because I feel like we can't grow unless we know how, you know, other people are perceiving our brand too. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's no customer service team in front of us and our customers. It's, it's usually just us answering these emails or, or phone calls or whatever it is. And, and it's a double-edged sword because sometimes that could be stressful, but then it's also really great because you're just hearing that right from the source and then you could grow and, and you can get better and, and see what's working, what's not. And so that kind of leads me into my next question. Is there anything specific that pops into your mind from those early days or even lately that was a mistake, but it wound up being a really big blessing for you? So I can give you two examples. So two things like immediately came to mind. One is back in the day when I was still printing them individually, on our guest bedroom floor and I had my second or third stockist like someone had reached out to have our stuff in their stores and um you know part of the print process we used to use it was called sublimation printing and it was like I would you know I created all the designs and then I print them off and like literally have to hand place it on onto the t-shirt to be able to like press it and what the the ink would do like not 
to get too in the weeds on this, but the ink with heat would then soak into the shirt. So it had this like vintage vibe. Like I loved the aesthetic of it and everything, but sometimes what would happen if there was any lint or any dust that had gotten on to, you know, either like the paper or like the, the like the, I guess it would be like a transparency paper that was being um, pressed onto the shirt or anything. It created these little like tiny, tiny, tiny blue spots, almost look like pen marks, like itty bitty, bitty, bitty. And I, you know, always at that point, like didn't quite think about how you can't really have things like that in stores. Like if I were to send that product to you, then you have to explain to your customer, like what that is. And they're probably, it probably won't really matter to them as much. They're just going to see it as a blue spot on the shirt. Whereas to me, when I'm selling directly to my customers, they know exactly like the process in which I'm printing. Like they know that that's what it entails. They know there may be little like things like that. So I had this retailer, you know, I sent them all to her. I didn't notice that they had some things like that, but some of them did. Um, and then she wrote back, it was right before the holidays. And it was the first time that I ever had a situation where, you know, she basically was like, we have all these marks, we want a return. And it was just a very long email. And usually I'm really one to just like comply. Like if someone, you know, says something, okay, whatever I can do to do it. But at that point I was like, you know, I've always been very communicative about the process in which we print and exactly how everything is made and potential discrepancies, which a lot of our customers found were just like unique for our product. And so I explained, this is something that comes with it. Like we have this listed. I just thoroughly explained it. And she made an agreement with me that she would give it two weeks and she would send me back what she didn't sell. And I would refund her for what she didn't sell. And she sold all of it in like oh, wow. three days. It was just like the best moment for me because I actually felt good about standing up for myself and like advocating for my product instead right. of just being like, sure, I'll refund you or whatever. Like, I think that it's so important to listen and hear people out. But, you know, sometimes you also have to like stand up for what you know is the right thing. And I felt like in that moment, that's what that was. So I think that that was one of the lessons I learned early on that it's okay to stand up for yourself in a very respectful, like understanding way in those situations, instead of just being available to just allow returns to happen all the time or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Yes, um, absolutely. So that was the first That's one. Like a, a fail win all in one, like right. which happens right. a lot. Totally. Like. Yeah. And I think, you know, you just have to trust your intuition in those moments and be like, I always run those types of things by my husband, actually, because he's a lot more like upfront with people and his business than like, I like, I'm always just like giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, always listening to everything that anybody has to say and trusting them. And he's like, okay, let's like think about this a little deeper and like respond to this thoughtfully. So he, in that moment, empowered me to be like, hey, like if this is what your product is, it's okay to explain that to them and kind of go from there. And so it ended up working out really nicely. Yeah, I would say the other one actually happened recently. And so I have always wanted to bring phone cases in. Everyone has their phone on them all the time, like this little reminder, like some type of positive affirmation or one of our designs on them. So I had done all this work to get all these phone cases made. And I only made them for the size of my phone, which is like a not the newest iPhone version. It's so, so good to keep up. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't even think about all of that. So I ordered like, no joke, 150 phone cases. Oh, um Ended up with all of them only to like realize even in our little like team here, I am the only one whose phone 
it can fit. So I spent, I've had these since May and I've spent the whole time being like, Oh, I don't think I'm going to release them. I feel really weird about it. I was like so embarrassed and felt really dumb for that small thing. Right. And then I did release them and we sold a ton. Oh, good. good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So it's just like, and I just admittedly said, Hey guys, I released these and this is why we only have this size and I'm not bringing any more in. And I think once you develop that relationship with your customers where they get to know you and they know there's this human behind the brand and then you admit your faults and you admit mistakes and you're just open about those things. I think people just come to really respect it. And they, you know, so many people have outdated iPhones. And so they saw that and were like, Oh great. Yeah, I'll get one. Like these are $10. iPhone cases are usually like 25. And it's showing that it's not a big machine that's placing all these orders or you have all this money to kind of throw away because something didn't work out. No. And, and being open, I think the best way of handling something like that. And you never know. I just got rid of my iPhone six. So (laughs) there's always a need for something I think, but it's portrayed or like presented in the right way. So, because I get requests all the time and it overwhelms me. We're not Macy's or Neiman Marcus where something doesn't work or they're there is an error or you get a huge return inventory, whether you're selling it for someone else or you're making it yourself, especially if you're making it yourself, sitting there collecting dust is just money sitting on the shelf that you don't yeah. have necessarily as a small business. You don't have a big department to deal with losses and returns. It's all you. And it shows that your team of retailers or that retailer in particular is great that you are choosing your partners well, because some people would not have been that nice it's the stuff like that that people don't really think of when they want to go out on their own if they're an artist a designer a retailer you kind of think oh it's going to be this and then it's like an iceberg and on the bottom there's just a million other things (laughs) that go on that you just don't think about until it happens what is one of the proudest moments or like the first moment where you were in business and you kind of looked at yourself and thought okay, this is real, this is happening, and I'm on to something, and I feel really good. I think there's been a couple of those moments, a couple of those moments, and they've come in different forms. I think that the first one was when we first started out, and, you know, I was totally new to, like, the influencer realm, and I was totally new with, like, working with, you know, partners on social media and things like that, and that was something that was always really, um, like, exciting to me. Like, I loved connecting with other women through that space, And when we first started, we would get a lot of collaboration requests. And at that time, you know, I was like, yes, basically to anybody because um, my upfront costs weren't extreme. And it was an opportunity again to like get content, to put, get the word out there about our brand and to connect with other moms. And when women started sharing photos of them with their kids in our shirts and using the sayings on the shirts as a foundation to talk about their beliefs in motherhood or, you know, their outlook on life in general um that was the most like heartwarming thing for me to give somebody else a platform to have those conversations and to be vulnerable and to share that was just like oh my gosh like this is amazing um and i i don't think i've ever you know felt better about anything in our brand than i did and continue to do in those moments because that still happens. We've had women reach out who their daughters are, you know, young kids who have leukemia or going through like insane, you know, insanely horrible diseases and treatments. And they are, you know, wearing our brave girls club shirts mm. or, and that those types of moments, like truly are the reason for everything 
that we do. It's like to, to think and realize that a shirt can give somebody that feeling is not anything that I ever imagined. Um, so that has to be the most like rewarding part of doing any of it. Um, those have been the best moments. And then, you know, I think the other ones have been just in the form, you know, some media coverage, like having the first time we were ever covered in media was in pop sugar. And I've been a pop sugar reader for like ever. (laughs) And it was actually like such a special moment because I kept wondering how, how on earth do like people get covered in these things? And so I was totally a creeper. And I reached out to one of the editors of this section and she had this article that said, you know, gifts for moms that say F-U-C-K. And I was like, you know, I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, like I saw this article while my shirts are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, I think you might still be into them. And I didn't hear back from her for like ever. And then she emailed me and put our stuff in two different articles. Oh, it's amazing. And that was, yeah, it was, I felt like I peaked and that we had really made it and it was super, super rewarding. So it also makes me so grateful for you know, people like that who work in those industries and recognize small businesses like ours and take a moment to actually include us in those types of articles, because I mean, we still get website hits from that. And that's huge. But that was one thing I was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) it was just like such a special moment. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're a reader yourself too, it's kind of like worlds colliding. I love that. You mentioned motherhood earlier and how having your daughter really sparked that desire in you to go freelance and then to start your own business. Can you explain a little bit more about how that motherhood adventure has inspired your business at Polished Prince, especially with the addition of your new baby, your son? You know, I think that going into motherhood, I was like really unprepared for the just like this is, I hope this doesn't come off bad, but this is, you know, going back to my daughter when I first had her, I really had a horrible time, like coming to terms with my identity as a mom. Like I was like, who am I? Like going through pregnancy, I felt really disconnected to myself. And then after having her, I was like, okay, you know, like I have my day job and then I have like being a mom. And I just feel like these things are like two different pieces of me. And it was really hard for me to figure out exactly who I was in that moment. And even when I left my nine to five job and freelanced full time, you know, I still had trouble like figuring out who I was or what type of mom I wanted to be. And I, it was all something I thought would come really naturally to me. I thought it would just be so instinctual to just click and I would just completely know and I would transform like every piece of who I was to then be this like quote unquote picture perfect mom or what I thought about what I thought that identity was before having kids. And then, you know, I think I was probably about a year in, and, you know, in that moment, like when I did start Polish Prince, so much of it was just deeply rooted in motherhood and completely inspired by that. And I think there's just always been this, like, this understanding within our brand that whatever you're doing is okay. Like you, you know, if you're showing love, if you're caring for your kids, if you're doing your best to like teach them and to, you know, create like a better future for them, you're doing the right thing because I think that in motherhood, it can be so hard to know that you're doing the right thing and yeah. to like feel good about it. Cause there's so much information out there telling you how to mother in different ways. And I think like how you mother is okay. Um, everybody does it differently. And we just need to like accept that about one another. 
And so I think that as I continued to grow as a mom and I continued to grow as as a business owner and these things were all in tandem, I started to realize like how much my focus on polished prints and my commitment to that and like running my own business and doing that did have an impact on my daughter in a way that like, you know, is really positive. Like I always would get down on myself that I was too consumed with work sometimes or that, you know, I would look at my phone too much or or whatever that I would just try and convince myself that maybe I wasn't being the best parent because I was doing those things. And I think that we all have the tendency to be so hard on ourselves that you're really like, it's okay. And as long as you're trying your best and like, you're, you know, being a good parent, you're being understanding, like, that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So hard. (laughs) And and also like having your own business is like having another baby. So it's like you have three kids. And and I felt that too. It's like you're putting time into the business and then you feel bad that you're not putting the time into being a mom. And then when you're being a mom, you're neglecting your business. And it's like, you just can't win. And there's going to be guilt no matter what. You hear about it constantly before you have kids and think since I know about mom guilt or I know that it's okay to work or I know XYZ, it's not going to happen to me. And then it it does. I, I, I don't know. It did for me too, where I thought I knew everything. I was going to be fine. I knew who I was going to be. And then I was just like an emptied out purse (laughs) and I had to pick the pieces back up and figure out what this new chapter or this new person I was going to be was going to look like but also still honor who I've been for 30 years and and I think a lot of women go through this and a lot are talking about it which is really important just amazing because like you said I mean the mom guilt is so unbelievably real like before having kids I just I almost laugh at like the perception like my warped perception of what I thought I would be like I thought I would be able to do all the things as a stay-at-home mom while also being a working mom and you know there's just a lot of things that like you know it's okay to buy your kids Halloween costumes from the store and not make them you know it's like things like that where it's it's okay to do those things and I think it just took me a long time to come to terms with that and I think you know having my second child Hudson where my kids their personalities are so different like our daughter was she was a little colicky and she had a lot of ear infections and so she spent so many months of her life being really uncomfortable until we kind of figured out like what was going wrong like she had reflux and things like that and our son who was born like the week that we got stay-at-home orders for COVID was like, I know he was like, we were in the hospital when the NBA announced. We were like, oh, great. Uh, I mean, until he was like four months old, he'd never met anyone besides like my husband and I, and then he got to meet his grandparents. You know, it was like, it was crazy, but he is very, very mellow. And he's very like, has a really just mild temperament. And our daughter, who, like I said, is now three and a half, has really grown into being this spunky, vibrant, amazing child. And so I feel like all of that combined, like feeling more East into motherhood now and like accepting of who I am as a mom and, um, you know, building these super special relationships with my kids while also seeing how they have their own personalities has influenced a lot about PP. And I think, you know, recently with Polish Prince, we're kind of moving in this direction where, you know, I think we're just kind of evolving. Like you had said, like you have watched our designs kind of grow and change. And that's kind of where, you know, we're at. It's like, I, it's fun for me to create. It's fun to do like photo shoots. It's fun to find different ways to like present our brand. And as we continue to move forward, you know, my style's changed polished print style has like 
I think just evolved. So especially with this new collection, I feel like it's creating a whole new opportunity for us as a brand, which is super exciting. Yeah, no, that's, that's so exciting. And also moving into your new warehouse too. That must be a huge step because you've been, do- you were doing it from home for all these years, right? From like, oh, garage, yeah. kind of. yeah, that must yeah be- we were doing it from the garage. So to watch you move into your new space and kind of showing all of your Instagram followers, little tours of everything before you set up. I I love that inside behind the scenes look as one of your retailers, but also as a customer. And I know I love that personal view that social media can give us. And I was just really proud of you too, because I just felt like, oh, I'm excited for her. I, and I know, I mean, now that I'm kind of like back to, I'm working in my own home studio for the first time, it seems far away to ever have a, a warehouse because you have to really earn that and you have to wait and make sure it's the right fit. And so to get to that point is a huge milestone. And I, I hope you guys are just soaking that up and loving it. And I'm sure it's not all roses all the time, but <laughs> like, I hope that you, you know, are living in that for a minute. I had it in the back of my head for a really long time that like, I knew that we needed this. We were at the place where in our garage, when it was days to pack wholesale orders, there was, there were boxes everywhere trying to like pull and pack. And we couldn't bring in extra inventory because we just truly didn't have the space for it. My husband kept being like, you have to find somewhere. But I mean, as you know, commercial spaces are not cheap. I mean, it's very hard to find something, you know, and for us looking for a warehouse, like we didn't want a brick and mortar. So to find a space that was, you know, big enough to do what we needed to do, but not 500,000 square feet was really, really hard. So we actually, I felt like it was just this like very like kismet type of situation. Like it was just meant to happen. I found it on Craigslist and it was so funny. My landlord had listed it. And he didn't have his email. And I was like, oh man, like what guy doesn't have an email? Like, I don't want to have to call about this. Like being the millennial I am. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to have to call about this. Right. And then I kind of kept thinking about it. I looked at three other spaces and none of them were like, right. There was always like a, it would be good, but kind of situation. And so I ended up calling him. He called me back a couple of days later. I got the absolute best vibe from him, even over the phone. Mm-hmm. He, the building was vacant. So I got to come see it. It was like below what our price range was, which I thought our price range was low anyways. And it was like for, to a T exactly what we needed. And so I felt like I walked in and then I went home and I said to my husband, I was like, I think that that's, I think it's it. Like, I think we need to rent that. And he was like, okay. And he didn't think that I meant like I was going to call a landlord like that second. And I did like <laughs> two hours later, I called him and I said, listen, this is it. Like, I don't want to give a chance for anybody else to pick it up and for it to be off the market. Like it's 10 minutes from my house it's just totally a blank slate. Like we got to put everything in here that we needed. It's really been a whole game changer for us. And just to have a centralized space outside of my home, I think it's allowed me to separate work from home a little bit more. Doing it in your home, the things that I miss are like being able to quickly pop downstairs or pop outside and like get something done, you know? Yeah, no, that's nice. That's like what I'm living in right now is kind of like, oh, I can just go downstairs and get something done or pack an order at midnight if I wanted, where I'm used to having shop hours and everything like that. But that separation between, especially if you're a mom with two kids who need everything from you all the time, being able to just get in the car and get coffee and drive and just work and have that space for yourself and your business is 
huge. So I'm excited for you. And, you. and now with the space that you can have more designs and more product and really expand and, and see what's next, which is like the dream. Totally. It's like, I don't know. I sometimes forget that this is real. Like, I think it can be hard to like, allow myself to just like relish in it because I, you know, from the time I was really, really little, I remember always being interested in fashion, but not high fashion, casual fashion. And I've always been passionate about it. I've always loved it. But I think, you know, when you are little, especially for girls, you're kind of taught, well, that's a really hard industry to get into. You'll have to be really good. Or, you know, this like, oh, you want to be an artist. Artists don't really make a lot of money because back then, you know, there wasn't, no one knew about graphic designing and no one knew about like, or they didn't talk about it. You know, I didn't even know that was a profession until I was halfway through college. (laughs) So, you know, so it was like, especially as I'm raising my daughter, I just keep emphasizing to her, like, you can literally be whatever you want to be. Like the world is at your fingertips. You don't need to follow, you know, these specific paths or do what other people think that you should do. Like, I think we are all just in charge of our own destiny. And if I've learned anything from Polish Prince, I think that that's probably it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a huge believer in that. And also not to bring everything back to motherhood, but I feel like there were times too, where I would say as a little girl or as a teenager, college, like I want to do this. And there would always be some kind of comment like, well, don't you want to be a mom or this on hold so you can become a mom or what happens when you get pregnant or don't you want to have a family? And men don't get those questions or those concerns brought up when they're talking about their dreams and careers. And that's something I really hope will just disappear so that we can all know that you can, of course, still be a mother and be a wife or be or have no children. And that can be separate from your dreams. And in a, the perfect world, it all can combine together and inspire each other. I really hope that for your daughter's generation, if I ever have a daughter for my nieces, that it's like, right. of course, I can do that on my own terms, too. Right. And so you're showing your daughter that firsthand. Same for your son. I mean, I feel like, you know, that's one of those things where like, I've thought about this a lot with Hudson, where you know, boys are taught to think a certain way too, and are taught to like be structured in a certain way. And there's just so much opportunity out there. Like I'll never forget this time where I was actually with a couple of family members and one of them, you know, he's like 19, he was, um, had just started community college. And I was asking him, you know, what are, what's your focus? What's, what's all of that. And, you know, his dad was really set on him being an engineer because he's so bright and he's very smart. And, you know, he was wanting to be a teacher and his dad was like, well, I mean, you could be an engineer who's a teacher, but it's like, even that, you know, I think that as a 19 year old kid, he felt like this pressure to move in a certain direction. I think that happens so often where it's like, there's people from really following their passion. Aside from your business, because I know I'm guilty of this too, where I love it so much. So I have to pull myself away from working a lot because it's part of me, but Is there something that you're doing for yourself lately, especially with just everything that's happening, that it's for you? Something that brings you comfort, makes you feel better, that has nothing to do with motherhood or work? Yeah. I mean, so I feel like right after, probably like a month into stay-at-home orders, like during the spring, I really started to be feel really challenged, like from a mental health perspective. Like I, you know, just felt increasingly numb and I felt like I had like moments almost of like rage and frustrations like with my family and you know I mean after you do have kids like you have all these hormones and like you're a nurse I mean there's just like so much going on 
And so I've always been one, like I'm a huge proponent of like therapy and things like that for anybody to like be able to take care of their mental health. But what I'd never done um, in addition to those things was like, was meditation. And so I have was always the person where my mind is in like a million places every day, every second of every day, unless I'm sleeping. So it's like, oh, there's no way I'll be able to turn that off for like even 20 minutes. Are you kidding me? And I tried it and I just like never could get into it. And a friend of mine um, does like energy workshops and things like that. And she had told me about um, meditating through your chakras. And so focusing on those different energy points in your body So I gave that a try and it kind of did wonders for me. Like it was one of those things where, um, the first time I did it, I finished and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I just feel so good. And it's really allowed me to like focus in on, you know, each chakra dictates certain feelings. You know, there's your root chakra where it's related to how grounded you feel in life or um, your sacral chakra. And so I felt like that's helped me to understand myself a lot more while also giving me a little bit more peace of mind. So I try to do that at least like three to four times a week just to get centered, just to feel more in touch with myself. And when it comes to self-care, I feel like that's been one of the best things I've been able to do. But aside from that, I also go running. I run pretty much every morning. I take like 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm not, you know, some days I'll go longer. Some days I'll go shorter, but I don't listen to music. I don't listen to anything. I just go and I try and just like be in the moment and pay attention. Cause I think just as a human, that's something I really have challenges with is being present. So I think both of those things have just helped take my mental health, like to the next level and just feel a lot clearer. I want to learn more about that because I'm the same. I'm like meditation never really worked, but I know I'm craving it. I'm craving something that will center me like that. So I'm definitely going to ask more through email about that method because that sounds amazing. What's helped me is the, there's this app called Unplug. It's a meditation app. So that's, what's really helped me. It's like listening to it with my headphones. So I don't hear anybody else around me. And then just like, they're like 15 minutes. So nothing long, but I mean, there's all, you know, I mean, depending on where everybody's at, there's obviously like so many other like important things to take care of mental health wise. But for me, I felt like that was just a nice daily routine and like a journal. Like I just try and do these different things to help me because I know that I am definitely one who kind of just prone to feeling a little overwhelmed. I'm so happy that we got to chat and I'm excited to work together even more. Thank you so much for having me. And if anybody, you know, who's listening has any questions or if you do, they can always reach out to me by email or on Instagram at Polish Prince. I'm the one who answers all those and mans that down. So I'm always here to help anyone or chat about anything. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my chat with Leah today. I hope you enjoyed hearing her thoughts on business, design, motherhood, and the power of using your own voice. Don't forget to follow her on Instagram at Polished Prince. Tune in next week for a new episode. Follow along on Instagram at Her Own Universe Pod and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of the week.